What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, it's Dan Favalli. Remember to search Blue Wire Buckets in iTunes or Spotify for more NBA content. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Hardwood Knox Podcast. I am Dan Favalli coming at you this time without Andrew D. Bailey. I am, however, super pleased to be joined by Mo DeKeel, who, if you are not following on Twitter, what are you doing with your life? And you, you need to absolutely change that immediately. He is at Mo DeKeel underscore MBA. That's at M-O-D-A-K-H-I-L underscore MBA. Uh, Mo is going to be, I'm just going to call him a co-host now of the Hardware Knox oh. podcast until he decides that he wants to do something else or if he finds something something better. So we're we're super excited that he agreed to do this. So you will be hearing him much more often. I'm sure there might be some trio pods at some point. Both Andy and I are very here, but we're excited that uh, Mo agreed to be, you know, we used to be a trio until someone left a couple years ago. So we're excited to have more Mo is less problems. That's that's my stance. <laughs> I, I appreciate that, Dan. I'm excited. Uh, it's going to be fun whenever I'm on with you. I've always had a good time with you, and 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 Andy's my guy. So when we have the trio podcast, it's going to be a, a fun to put those together as well. So uh, yeah, I'm here. Let's 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 just dive in. Well, you hey, you said it. Anthony Davis is now a member of the Los Angeles Lakers, and this will not be the first reaction pod people have listened to but it did take a while for the price to be hammered out there were picks um you were doing coverage that night I was writing something that night and the the pick details like trickled out for I felt like 90 to 120 minutes after and so you can correct me if I'm wrong here but now I believe the final deal is Anthony Davis is headed to the Lakers in exchange for Lonzo Ball Josh Hart Brandon Ingram this year's number four pick um, they will get the Pelicans will get the Lakers 2021 pick uh, into if it falls inside the top eight. If not, it'll be an unprotected 2022 pick. They then have a swap in 2023, and then in 2024 they are owed the Lakers' unprotected first rounder, but they have the right to defer that commitment until 2025. If that sounded like a mouthful, it felt like a mouthful. I'm I'm glad you're the one that had to say it. Like I got lost while you were saying it. I uh, <laughs> I just I basically just feel like the Pelicans have all the Lakers draft picks for eternity. Um, what was your general impression of this trade? And I think it's really quick to start from the Pelicans' perspective, where now I believe that uh, everyone is saying they got such a haul, and that does seem like a departure from close to the general consensus around the trade deadline. The thing I'll say is, one, I do believe that people were lower on Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball than they should have been, though there are obvious injury risks attached, Ingram's extension eligible. But what I will also say in defense of the people who are a little bit turned off is I don't think, well, we know that no one foresaw the Lakers jumping in to the number four spot in the lottery. And I do think that the one, the pick swap in 
2023, and then plus that extra unprotected pick that you have the option to defer, I do think that actually goes a long way towards changing the optics of that original framework we were led to believe was on the table in February. Yeah, I mean, God, this was a slam dunk of a deal for David Griffin and the Pelicans. Uh, This is why you get Griff. This is why actually a lot of Laker fans were upset that the, the Lakers didn't even talk to David Griffin when, you know, after Magic had left. Like there was a real hope that he'd be the guy to take over for the Lakers. Uh, and, and you know what, he's showing you why, um, before we even get into just the deal, like, just look at what all the moves he's made since he's gotten there. Trajan Langdon is an assistant GM, very highly regarded in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Swin cash was a great pickup. They got the training staff, the head trainer from the Phoenix suns, who is basically credited for keeping Steven Ash, Grant Hill, uh, a whole bunch of guys healthy and keep their careers going much longer than than people had thought when they first arrived to Phoenix. I mean, th- just those moves alone to start with are all big organizational changes that don't happen unless you have David Griffin at the head. Um, so you got to first off give the hat tip to to Gail Benson for for committing to this and saying, hey, we're going to spend the money like I'm all in. Um, and, and, and then, you know, Griff just going out there and getting his, his, the people. And then now when we look at the trade, I mean, this was just kind of masterful how he executed everything about this trade. Um, he, the, the whole thing is all these picks, some of them are are being given so that the Lakers don't have to include Kyle Kuzma, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and that's really, I, I don't even think Griff is that interested in Kuz. I just think he knows the Lakers are that interested in keeping him, which which was gave him kind of a a, a, a little bit of a pin he could stick it to these guys and jab him a little bit, going like, well, if you're not going to give us coups, what are you going to give us? No, that's not enough. We need more. And um, I mean, crap, man, he just he just killed him. And it, it, regardless how this all plays out, I mean, this was a massive amount of stuff. And I mean, what was the deal they're talking about in February? It was like those kids and maybe a draft pick. You know, now which everyone thought was going to be like. 13 or whatever they were at that point yeah and and now we're talking about they got the kids i like lonzo i like ingram i i don't think they're world beaters um but i think they're really good i think they can they'll really complement this team well um and now they're walking away with you know four picks that that by the way are all going to come into handy right around zion when zion hits his prime and you know it's it's not necessarily even they're going to make these picks it's just assets now and they can use these assets down the road to get other pieces and whatnot. I mean, this was just a, I mean, this was, this should be a case study, you know, for all the sports business classes and, and, and TPG stuff at at Vegas, they should all be studying this, this, uh, uh, deal because this is just phenomenal from, from the Pelicans and to get all this for, for basically Anthony Davis, who was leaving at the end of this year anyways. It's the and it's interesting because you figure LeBron has his player option in 2021-2022. So you assume that the Lakers are going to be good through that. And so there's a chance that maybe LeBron's just too old by that point and opts in or if he opts out and and leaves that they'll have then that unprotected pick in 2022, that first year of James not being there or again that's going to be his age 37 season and look it's LeBron James. I'm not trying to uh, predict any just major downfall but to have 
that if if all goes according to plan for the Lakers, the Pelicans are going to end up having an unprotected pick in 2022, which which could feasibly be a time when they either don't have LeBron or that's when he begins or is already just deeper into his decline. And then everything that you have after that just increases in value from there, I would think. It definitely helps the Lakers that, yes, you have Anthony Davis, but the swap in 2023, that's, you know, so let's forget about the 2022 pick. Let's say LeBron and AD, they're both there. The Lakers are good, blah, blah, blah. LeBron's a free agent like that summer. So that 2023 swap is all of a sudden super valuable if he leaves. Or again, that'll be, I think, his age 38 season. And then you have, it's just, I'm looking at it. It's just, it's incredible. And if for some reason the Lakers are just still really good until 2024, which is, again, you have Anthony Davis. It's, it's possible if you build out the roster right that you could defer to 2025. Like, just look how far down the line that is. Are we talking about, I think that's an age 33, Anthony Davis at that point, age 34, whatever it is. So that's really incredible. And it's not like Davis is the, is the beacon of health, right? No. Like, <laughs> you, you, you know, um, and, and that's going to be a big thing for, for the Lakers on the flip side is they need to go make sure they – they put invest a ton of money into their medical staff uh, more than they have in, in years past because this is really important to keep them healthy. The one thing I really loved about this trade was the if it's in the top eight, uh, you guys can <laughs> we'll take the pick. Uh, if it's not, you guys, uh, uh, it, it can remain a Laker pick like that, like just kind of those kinds of protections. I mean, it's a crazy, crazy trade. Um and then the other, you know, I mean, the other side of it, too, is just sort of the um, one are they going to execute it kind of domino, which is which is looming, which has been, you know, I would have thought the Lakers would have kind of made it known that we're not pulling the trigger on this until after we sign our the draft pick and 30 days later, because that gives them a a second max slot. But it turns out now, according to Woj, that no, no, they're just going to execute this on July 6th, and the Lakers aren't, aren't even going to have money to get a, a, a Kemba Walker or a Kyrie Irving. Yeah, that part is weird to me just because a lot of people said if it gets completed July 6th, they were asking on Twitter if couldn't the Lakers technically just lock down a free agent before then, and the answer would be no because of the moratorium. So I think the moratorium now is seven days or something like that, so... It used to be 10, uh, which was just wild because you're getting all these agreements for whatever. And the the sal- inco- incoming salary to New Orleans, it's even if you kept the number four pick um, on the books like and you penciled in their salary, you're not taking in a ton more money than Anthony Davis is making. I actually don't even think you're matching it perfectly. No. So it's not like it Fs up their books. So I do find the timing a little bit weird and you would think that with all the Lakers gave up that they could have made that like an inclusion that hey we we need like you said this is when it needs to be completed and I don't know I know we everyone likes to make jokes about these front offices but they would I would have to believe that they were aware of the implications of completing it July 6th and if they weren't that's a problem that's a massive problem and that's a rookie mistake if they weren't aware of it um you know and we and we don't know that and 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 what the reasoning behind that is or or you know if they tried and 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 just couldn't do it or or whatnot but um that's a big deal and for those i mean new orleans obviously is uh, would their their reasoning behind not waiting is you know they want that the if they draft the pick you know they they want to use that they want him to play in summer league which is why you'd want them to sign a contract yeah, yeah Uh, but there's also the possibility that they're going to move this pick. I mean, there's a lot of talk of them shopping the pick. Um, so, you know, this isn't even completely done. I mean, there might be a whole other component 
uh, Dan, that we might have to do an, a, a, an emergency pod um, to, to, to splice in, um, you know, uh, depending on what they do with the fourth pick. But, you know, from the Lakers perspective, um, the one thing I kind of want to say is they had to go do this. Right. Like, I, I, I know they gave up a ton and they probably gave up more than they had to. Um, part of it was to keep Kuzma, who I'm not as... I, I, I think he's good. I don't think he's amazing. Like I, I would have sort of just been like, no, take Kuzma. We'll keep the picks. Um, but you know, that for whatever reason, they, they value Kuzma way higher than, than, you know, the Pelicans and, and, and we're willing to, um, you know, give up a lot to, to keep him. But besides that, like you only have really two years with LeBron and then he has the player option. And like you said, he's getting older. It's not, easier we saw him have his first injury um really that kind of really held him back for the first time in his career um you know you had to do it and the most important thing too is being able to hand the organization off from lebron to ad um matters and it it makes a big difference and it also matters in the sense of other free agents are going to want to come here guys who are going to chase rings are going to take pay cuts i think to play for this team um you know, I don't think that was the case before they got AD. I don't think anybody was doing that just to team up with LeBron. So um, it's going to be, I mean, here's the hard thing for the Lakers. Now you have to build around this. And it is not easy to do. Do you know what when, they should try? Maybe they shouldn't put shooters around him and just go with a bunch of ball handlers. A bunch of like average ball handlers, yeah. right? And, 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 and not overrated defenders who've never really yeah. been good defenders. Yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's just, you know, just, I mean... I mean, you already got the guys. Just run it back. <laughs> it, I uh, thought you made an interesting point, though, about the free agents, because I thought I factored that into the ca- calculus. And even all said and done, the Lakers still had to make this deal. I totally agree with you there. You don't. This is what you get into when you sign LeBron, particularly at this point in his career. There is no they shouldn't have even punted. They ended up punting on a year of his prime anyway, albeit inadvertently. You certainly couldn't do it again. I thought, though, now that you had Davis does it get you into free agency discussions that you wouldn't have been in to begin with? And I immediately went to Kawhi Leonard. Uh, The bleeding heart in me would still be a little bit surprised if he left Toronto, even if he went back on a short-term deal. But now you look at, we talked about the Clippers and Kawhi so much with AD and LeBron there, would that help them have more curb appeal for him? And yet, however, that ultimately doesn't matter if the deal is going to get completed on July 6th. And I, I do think there's merit to the Lakers should opt to flesh out the roster with high-end role players and established depth over trying to go after that third star. If it was one, Kawhi Leonard, I wouldn't care. I'd say get the third star. And two, you still want the cap space then anyway because that's just more money to spend on depth, even if you weren't going to go after that player. And, and I do think that th- when the deal is being completed, I, I do think it kind of harshes the vibe from it just a little bit because I thought there would be a domino effect of – of getting AD. And now I don't think that unless again, this, the parameters change and you complete the deal later or something, I really don't think you end up getting in the discussion for free agents that you wouldn't have had access to, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah. I mean, uh, Woj had said in a, uh, uh, one of the ESPN specials that they weren't even the front runner for any free agents, you know, before this trade. So, you know, you have to pause and take a look, you know, especially if you're, uh, uh, Kemba Walker, if you're a Jimmy Butler, um, even Kyrie to a degree, uh, you, you, you'd pause and take a look. The, the thing about Kawhi to me, I don't think Kawhi wants to team up with LeBron. I think the, the, the guys that don't have a championship ring 
and don't have kind of the the have that experience. Like those are the guys that kind of want to team up with LeBron. The guys that don't, the guys that already have it, they don't need it from him. I mean, Kawhi is just one second ring and is a Finals MVP. Like that's like that's why I think he's more likely to go to the Clippers than the Lakers. Excuse me. Um, the uh, but and and I think it's fifty fifty whether he stays in Toronto or or, or goes to the Clippers. But um, I think the the but this does open up a lot more, makes it a lot more interesting. And not even on that respect. Even if you go a step lower, like a Seth Curry would be really interesting there. Um, I don't know if it would happen, but a JJ Redick could be somebody that would that that they should be calling, you know, whenever the moratorium ends. Although we we all believe tampering is going on, so they should be giving him a little bit of a a <laughs> wink at the giving him the wink in the gun kind of look right now. Um, you know, I think that's kind of the uh, the the stuff. It's really kind of opened up. I don't know if those guys would have been that interested that's in true. joining just LeBron. So it it does open up a lot of things for them and 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 makes them interesting. And then opens up guys like. A, a Rudy Gay or, or, or whatnot, you know, guys that are kind of, you know, towards the end of their career, but could still play and, and help a team and can come in on a vet minimum, you know, those, it, it just makes it more interesting for them in that regard. The, the, the big question is, you know, how much do you trust Palinka to make the right decisions on those guys? You know, do we trust him to not go, well, Vogel coach Lance Stevenson and, you know, uh, all right, let's resign Lance. Um, you know, or something like that. Uh, it, it, it's, it really comes down to that because they've overpaid now to get AD and they had to, and I'm not, and I'm not mad at them for that. But it, the most important question is what do you do next? Cause LeBron and AD will get you to the playoffs if they're healthy all year. Um, we just saw that what the Raptors did, you need other guys. What are you going to do next? And if it's getting a third star, if they find a way to clear that cap space, great. Um, you know, but you still have to fill out the rest of the roster. And that's where I think this is going to get really interesting. And this is where the pressure is really going to be on Palenka. Yeah, their wing rotation after this trade. Uh, you gave away Josh Hart and Brandon Ingram. I don't know that. I would say I'm assuming the plan is you traded for AD to play the five and LeBron is your four. Or, or maybe him and Kuzma are interchangeable. But the wing depth is just now depleted. And, you know, Bullock was a pretty big free agent for them to begin with, though they needed to renounce his capital to get to max space after winning the number four pick. I think he's, he's even more important to them now. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's a guy. I, I'm glad you brought him up. I totally forgot about Reggie. He he's important for them and a guy that they should think about bringing in one guy. I think that would be fun to bring in. I don't know if they, they could get him and if they could pry him away from his current team, but, uh, I, I, uh, Patrick Beverly would be a lot of fun on that team. I feel like I could say that about, all 30 teams in the NBA at this point. He's like, that's the guy you just, he, he fits on offense, like regardless, but he would be, he's a perfect guy to have in the backcourt when you have to deal with regular season LeBron's defense. Having Anthony Davis in the middle and Patrick Beverly um, in, in the backcourt would, would just absolutely be huge. The Seth Curry names come up, like you said, that's a good one. I'm interested to see, again, I'm assuming they want Anthony Davis to play the five, but they kind of need a another big, I guess, going after Dwayne Dedman is just a little too expensive right now if you're viewing him as a backup center as opposed to uh, – he could technically play with Anthony Davis, but I, I think Anthony Davis is is a five. But they do need – now they need some some backup bigs on the roster as well. I mean, a, a, a guy that could be interesting for them depending – I mean, I don't know if they can bring back Brooke Lopez depending on how much money he's going to command on the market. I think you can get a guy like DeAndre Jordan on the cheap um i think he'd be more than willing to come back to la uh 
relatively cheap. I think this is going to be an interesting. I mean, they're they're going to have. It's, it's like you said, they're at least going to need a backup five. If if you know, I I think the plan and Davis has to kind of relent on the fact that like, yo, I'm a center in this league now. Um, the way the game has changed, so. Uh, they're going to need a backup five. They're going to need more shooting and they're going to need more defense. So, you know, the, the, those are the three things they need the most right now. And it's it's hard because, you know what? Also, a lot of teams are going to have money. You know, you know, Seth Curry is going to get a lot of offers. You know, Brooke Lopez is going to get a big offer from somewhere if it's not from Milwaukee. Um, I, I There's going to be a lot of money flying around. A lot of guys are going to be signing contracts that, you know, the, the price might just become too high for the Lakers. It's. It's the right move, but it's also scary. I think a good name, if they had to go really cheap, might be like a Kyle O'Quinn. I'm still a believer. I don't know what this uh, what his market's going to be, but a Nerlens Noel, if he's still going to be backup material, he was pretty good in OKC. So they were going to need bigs regardless, because I don't think they had any, besides Wagner, I don't think before the Davis trade that they had any big under contract for next season. So uh, I, I'm interested to see how that market falls. They need wings, though, now badly. And it's like you said, do you trust Palinka to acquired the right ones the question i would have for you i'm curious to see what side of the fence you fall on let's say they can carve out the max they do they carve out the max cap space are you more in favor of going after a roster that has more depth or if you know like let's say that third star is a kemba walker or jimmy butler do you say you sign the third star and you figure out depth on the cheap with the room exception and you know what the the league minimums and all that I waffle on this a lot, but I think I'm beginning to lean more towards, you know, you sign the third guy. Like, I get it, right? The 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 Raptors didn't have that, and they won a championship. Well, guess what? The Warriors did, and they've won three out of the last five. And if they're healthy, they let's be honest, they probably, they probably, they win, probably this win this. Right. If we're if we're if we're being honest and that's not to take anything from Toronto, who I feel bad, they got to celebrate the championship for 43 hours. And now everybody else has completely forgotten they've won the championship. Um, I hey, I did my part. I re- I tweeted out the Kawhi video again of him celebrating by saying, don't let the Lakers uh, trading for Anthony Davis distract you from the fact that Kawhi emoted after winning his second NBA championship. <laughs> there we go. And that was kind of scary in its own right. It's like weird when you see a robot have human emotions. <laughs> Um, the, but the, I think I'm, I'm of the believer of, you know what, you get the top end talent. I mean, hell Philly almost went to the conference finals just on that. You know, I mean, they were, uh, 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 crazy four bounces away from, uh, uh, forcing an overtime in a game seven and who knows what happens. Uh, I think, you know, depth is nice and it's, and it's great to have. Um, but if I had to pick between top end talent or depth, I'm, I'm probably taking top end talent more often than not, because that's what wins in this league. You know, it, it's going to happen from time to time where it's not. The Raptors are a case. Um, you know, the 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 year that Boston, uh, excuse me, the Detroit Pistons won the championship in 04, like that's an example, but that's about it. I don't, I, I, I can't think of it too many times. You know, the, the, the Lakers always had some of the best players. The, the Spurs had a, an amazing big three and, and Tim Duncan, who, one of the best all time to have ever played. I think, you know, that's, that's kind of what I lean on. What about you though, Dan? What's, what's your thought? I think I agree with you for me though, if we were talking about, and this is, this is coming from someone who's a Kemba Walker stan. If you, if it's the Jimmy Butler, Kemba Walker scenario, I might opt for depth over giving one of them a max contract. If this was a Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard situation, it's not something that I would think about. And so once you get past that, you know, the Kevin Durant, the Clay Thompson, the the Leonard, th- that tier, 
for me, that's when it becomes a real question. Like you said, you were waffling. I think I ultimately in that situation would probably choose going after depth. Of course, it does matter who's available at that point, because as you said, is having to, you know, if you can get for that max space, let's say Seth Curry, um, Patrick Beverly, and another wing like if that's all you're getting with that cap space then you can make a case that you had to overpay three players and you don't necessarily want to do that either and it's just it's tough to refute what lebron's other teams has a comp have accomplished he went to those uh consecutive nba finals won won three championships we look at what the warriors just did so i do th- i do agree that top of the line talent uh is what it takes to win superstars are still the most efficient path to a championship i'm just weary of this is age 35 LeBron coming off a groin injury. Like there needs to be more of a safety net. And I guess the argument could go either way there then though, is that what better safety net to have than another star alongside AD as well. Yeah. And, and the flip side too, when we talk about LeBron's injury, it's like, I don't think the groin is something that's going to linger um, for, I mean, I think I mean, hell he's probably a hundred percent by now. Uh, but I also think something that we don't talk a lot about, um, well, I hear it a lot in LA. I don't know if it's talked about much on the national level is the, the amount of rest he's getting really is going to pay dividends next season. You know, I think there's, there's a, a sucks. He didn't make the playoffs. It was, it was weird to have a playoffs without him. It was weird having a finals without him, considering he's been in eight of them. Uh, and, and in that, there that are second regard- graders who didn't know a life without LeBron in the NBA finals. Wild. See, I'm glad you knew second graders. I was thinking in my head, like, what grade is that? I'm glad you knew it was second graders because I had no idea. I was going to go like fifth graders because I don't know anything. <laughs> um, but, the, uh, but I just think the, the, the health, the, the ability to rest, and I don't think people understand how important that is. You know, it's like, oh, okay, cool. He got to sleep. He got to chill for a little bit. Yo, he's put his body through hell for the past eight years carrying these teams to the finals. Like he's got to chill out for an extra two and a half months. That matters. And I think we're going to really see it in the, in the next season, maybe even early on, you know, we're, we're going to see it. And, and the other side of it too, is like LeBron sort of takes the regular season off. He can't right now. He's got a big teammate in, in Davis. They got to figure out how to work together. They're going to have new pieces, whether it's a third star or whether it's it's a bunch of other role players. And they're going to have to all figure out how to play together. And it's 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 a LeBron not taking the offseason off. Uh, I mean, the regular season off. Like, I won't be surprised if this is an MVP run from LeBron. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's absolutely terrifying, even if they didn't have Davis, to think what he would have been after missing the playoffs for the first time. In how long? Just because I don't, I do think even though he does this seem is second, this is second year, I think. Yeah, it's 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 like he's very self aware or self assured, and I think he understands where his place is in NBA history. That it's between him and Jordan for goat status, and there'll always be the rings arguments and stuff. But I th- I still think stuff something like that would matter to him after immediately going to the Western Conference and missing the playoffs. Uh, that that I, I would just be terrified. And let's not forget, what does he spend like a million or two million on his body per year? If anyone's yeah. going to just dominate into his age 38, age 39 season, it's going to be LeBron James. I, I have a friend who was a strength coach and, you know, he, he just told me, he's like, I've never seen a human being work as hard as LeBron to get his body right. And I'm not trying to sound like a fanboy or anything like that, but like, this is something we don't see that often. We talk about Kobe's relentlessness to stay in good shape and and whatnot like this is this is along those lines you know it's it's 
it's kind of legendary. Like this dude is putting in a ton of work. Like if, if there's somebody I trust to come into camp in shape, it's LeBron James. And let's be honest too. If he came into camp out of shape, would anybody really say anything? No. Like he can get away with it. And how if, would you know? Remember when Brian Winters this year was like LeBron gained like X amount of pounds and he still looked like an Adonis. So would you even really know? <laughs> well, I'll be honest. Like it did kind of show a little bit. Like watching him uh, a little bit, you kind of felt like, wow, he looks a little bit. Uh, you, you knew he was just chilling a little bit in L.A. And I think also the motivation of having last season go as bad as it did. I mean, could it have gone any worse? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I uh, think it's uh, um, I just I, I, I just kind of think like everybody who's like, oh, well, LeBron's old now and da, da, da. And he had the one injury. I'm like, that's fine. But it's not like a, it's not an ACL. It's not like something that's just like this is going to knock him out and it's tough to come back from. Um, it's something I wouldn't expect to, to hold him back next year. And it's just like he hears everybody like this is a dude that's going to come in motivated. And and I just think it's going to I think we have a chance to see something really special. I agree. I, the thing for me, I don't think it was ever will the groin injury linger. It was just holy crap. LeBron is human. Like having that coming to Jesus moment for it. And so it makes me wonder if there's a chance that his body could just betray him in different areas. But again, more of me lean towards this year's LeBron. We could talk about subsequent seasons, but I, I thought it was just a terrifying proposition to have to watch him after the season he had in LA. It's like it's it watching LeBron get hurt is like watching Kawhi Leonard laugh. You're like, wait, what? He does that? <laughs> that like happens. Yeah, you're like, wait, what? Kawhi just smiled? Wait, what? Huh? <laughs> he, he, he 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 let out a scream? He doesn't do that. You know, so it's 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 along those lines. Or you're just kind of like he got hurt and you're like, whoa, whoa. What, th- th- wait, what? So I think that's kind of uh, where I would rank that. The last thing on this for me, I got people, I got shit on on Twitter uh, for saying this after the trade. I think the, the fact that so many people are already calling the Lakers, I'm not even going by the odds makers for betting, just people saying they're title favorites or their Western Conference favorites. Can we, one, maybe go through free agency first? And then even afterwards, can we pump the brakes a little bit? I know the Warriors aren't going to be whole or anything close to it probably next year. But what we've seen, I know that LeBron made the finals in his first seasons with Miami and Cleveland. And that that first year Miami team ended up winning, I think it was 61 games or whatever it was. But these superstar formations, we've seen it time and again, no matter how clean the fit seems, with the exception of Kevin Durant going to Golden State, the grace periods have been real. And I know that Kevin Durant needed to adjust to Stephen Curry, but it just the Warriors were still killing people. There's a chance that this is going to be something similar and that I don't I, – I did fall into this trap when he went to Miami. I did fall in this trap when he went to Cleveland. I assumed that it was just going to be this instant uh, formation of greatness. And again, those teams did go to the NBA Finals, but the Western Conference is still pretty brutal. And so I would caution people, especially now before we go through free agency. Like let's at least go through that first yeah. um, to say that the, that the Lakers already belong on that level. Yeah, I'm with you on like, let's see what the pieces are that they add. Like we've pretty much hit that at nauseum on this pod. Um, the the one thing I'd say, though, I like I don't know if the West is going to be as much of a beast as we think it will be. Um, the Warriors are are pretty much out. I mean, they're they're hurt this year. Um, Houston, listen, they, they have all these pieces, but uh, it does not seem like a fun place to be right now between the whole D'Antoni, their assistant coach is getting fired. Um, D'Antoni's contract and kind of a lame duck situation, uh, rumors of them wanting to get rid of, uh, 
basically anybody not named James Harden, especially somebody named Chris Paul, they would love to get rid of. Um, it's it's going to make a very interesting locker room dynamic. So I could see that kind of struggling. Um, I think Dallas will be better, uh, especially if they find a way to get a third guy. Uh, San Antonio is going to be okay. They're, they're going to get DeJounte Murray back and things like that, but still got to see how that's sh- like, there's nobody in there that really scares me um, where I'm like, wow, okay. They still, well, they still got to get through so-and-so. Um, I would have said that about Houston, but again, just with all the stupid stuff they've d- gone through. It looks over- worse now too, because the Warriors broke. It's, well, it that's just, why you just, wait for to to let that shit leak out. In my just in my opinion, because look, the Warriors broke. <laughs> it was dumb. It was dumb when they when they were doing it. I was like, wait a minute, like we're we're talking about KD might leave and all this stuff. Like, shut up, <laughs> you know. Like, just chill out. Like, Daryl, calm down. Unless the trade is right at your hands right now, just chill out. Um, and no it, one was take is taking CP three before the draft. No one's like. There, one, you have to reconcile the fact that you wouldn't get adequate value for him. But two, I don't think anyone is sacrificing their cap space before the free agency dust settles for Chris Paul. Yeah, it just didn't make sense. And and so, like, I just think, like, just when you go down the list of everybody in the West, okay, Denver. Denver is good. I like Denver. I don't know if that's – I think they're on the same level as the – like, I don't look at them as like, wow, Lakers have to go through De- – they're not the first team I think of. Portland – I mean, who knows what they're going to be with Nurkic being out for so long. Um, it's, it's, I, I, I just kind of, I'm, so I don't necessarily, I'm not really shocked by it. Um, because this is two guys that are, I mean, where would you put AD in, 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 in when you rank him top 10, 15, like top seven, I think I'd have him there. He's okay. Like, top yeah. seven. And where do you have LeBron in that? I, look, I am, I'm probably just stubborn. LeBron is still a top three player to me. Okay, so 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 we got the top three and the top seven player. You know, I, I what other team in the West has that that isn't injured? Yeah, I mean, I mean it's true. I think, and he, I do believe there's something to your point about the field is just there's it's so level. I just I include the Lakers in that. I don't look at them as being noticeably head and shoulders above all those teams that we just talked about. You know, yes, you, the Blazers aren't going to intimidate the Lakers. The Nuggets aren't going to intimidate the Lakers. Unless Los Angeles goes out there and gets a Kawhi or a Kyrie and a bunch of ring chasers, I think it works vice versa. You never want to face LeBron in the postseason, obviously, but I don't look at the Lakers as this uh, juggernaut all of a sudden that a team like Denver or even Houston, if they stay intact, or Portland, uh, if the Jazz can get another shot creator, I don't look at them as a team that, has too much of the uh, potential, or at least right now, uh, to really rise above that field that you just laid out. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be. I mean, they're they're right in the mix. I mean, I'm I'm not surprised. I mean, listen, let's just be honest. Laker fans are going nuts right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're, they're they're the they're really excited. They got a brand new toy. They don't really realize the cost of it down the road. Um, the smart the the real smart Laker fans do, but also. They don't care if it, if it wins them a championship this year. It's the equivalent of Toronto trading for Kawhi and Kawhi leaving this year. You know, if it gets them a championship, they're fine. Um, so it's gonna it's gonna be interesting in that regard. I I I just find it. Uh, I, I I'm with you though on it being premature. I mean, man, I'm so excited to see what what happens in free agency now at this point. Yeah, I am too. It's um it's gonna be it's wild. I I don't have a feel. For basically anyone. I mean, like Clay Thompson, he's going to go back to the Warriors. But like all those other top free agents, it's just, it it's it's going to be incredible. What, well, like, 
my guess is if if Philly offers the fifth year, I think Jimmy's got to take it. Uh, you and, know, and they should be now to hit both him and Tobias, right? When you look at what just happened to the Warriors or how close they even were this year, like why wouldn't you just run it back? Yeah, I mean you. I mean they. It's been talked about a little bit on other podcasts, but like. They, I mean, they feel felt like they missed an opportunity, you know, and 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 why not run it back? And and maybe if you can only keep one of those two, I think going into the playoffs, we all thought, man, you got to keep Tobias and, and and let Jimmy walk. And then during the playoffs, it flipped, and and we saw the real value of Jimmy. And it's like, yo, they can't lose Jimmy. Um, so for me, I think they 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 run it back with those guys. It's going to be an interesting summer, especially for the Eastern Conference teams. Especially for Boston Celtics, who I don't want to shortchange them on our exit interview series, but so much of their offseason, it's just, I, I you can't really talk about their future until after this summer unfolds, really. And what I take away from this Anthony Davis trade, the reports say that they were unwilling to move Jason Tatum for Anthony Davis. The three elements of this for me are, one, do you think that they just were always hoping that they'd be able to get Davis without giving up Tatum? in the first place two, or does this say more about their lack of certainty that Irving is returning or that they're, they're sure he's gone. And then three, even if they had included Tatum, did the Lakers offer get to a point where they would have had to include too much more for it to be on the same level? Yeah. So I'm going to do this kind of in reverse order. I think the Lakers office offer got so ridiculous. You kind of had to take it. Um, Even if you put, even if they put Tatum in it, I just think, you know, that's a lot of assets. And in a league where we we saw what uh, what Boston was able to do with all those assets that they've had, you know, from the Nets trade. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I totally get it. Uh, and I and I think they, they they did the right thing. I think this is who you, you needed to trade with um, if they were going to give up this many draft picks. Like, yeah, you do it. It's the Herschel Walker trade. It's, you know, this could really be we could look back at this right around Zion's prime and be like, man, like this was something that was made, you know, literally before this guy played a game in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, and so I think there's that, I think, you know, if I was Boston, I think they did get scared with the Kyrie's leaving. He's going to Brooklyn. Um, he's going to be a net. I think that kind of got to them a little bit in my personal opinion. I think the rich Paul, threats of like he's walking next year like i'm maybe this is why i'll never be an nba gm but i'm calling his bluff like a real okay well like let's pull let's let's find out next year like let's see what happens over the summer because we all know the lakers couldn't have waited around for another year to try to just sign him outright they weren't going to have the cap space mm-hmm. um you, you know so i but i do think the i think just all that stuff Kyrie possibly leaving regardless um, kind of scared them. I think Kyrie changing agents really kind of had them uh, thrown for a loop. So there was all that. And then, of course, in my rambling, I forgot your first question. Well, it was do you, is it they never, is there a chance that they never wanted to include Tatum in the first place? I know they promised New Orleans there'd be godfather offers, but Danny Ainge has kind of, you know, dangled the carrot and it's not been what people expected before. Yeah, I think it's more. Listen, like when they said that back then, I was like, we don't even know what the Godfather offer is like you. The, a lot could have happened from February to now. Um, you know, I, I had said on radio once before, like, what if the Boston Celtics went to the finals and Tatum was the finals MVP? You know, you you, you can't kind of make those pro- like you wouldn't have included Tatum in that trade. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you 
there's all those oper- there's all those different types of things, you know, or, or now, you know, in February, I don't think anybody was talking about Kyrie leaving, you know, I maybe mean, he's been, he's been going back to the Celtics, going to the Knicks, going to the Lakers to so now going to the Nets, basically. It's just what's happened. Right. I mean, it wasn't until basically the Porzingis trade was it like, yo, ask me in July, right? Like there wasn't that. So like leading up to that, you know, before that, everybody kind of just thought Kyrie was was uh, going to come back to Boston or at least felt confident enough about it. So, you know, things change come June and and that stuff. So I'm not surprised he didn't put Tatum in it. I think that's kind of the but I, I, I it's hard to say he never planned to. I just think the the plan changed drastically uh, <laughs> over the past few weeks. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll never know. Cause nobody will ever, will ever tell us Dan, but, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I gotta think he had, he had an inkling of like, if I'm going to get AD, I have to put Tatum on the table. Like he had to have known that was a requirement. And I think you do it. If you really believe that Anthony Davis guarantees Kyrie Irving's return. Yeah. And, 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 and like, again, like I'm calling bluffs again, this also might be why I get fired and my teams end up looking like the New York Knicks, but, uh, the, uh, it's another team that was killed by this trade. I mean, they were killed by the trade. They were killed by by the injury. Yeah. KD was a bigger, I mean, like they listen, Nick fans, I'm going to just tell you right now, as I thought it was the right move to trade KP for, uh, cap space. You guys just have crappy luck. Um, hey, that's and, the, I'm sorry. That's the risk when you tie your future to other teams as players. That's yeah. um, unless it's the Lakers, because we've proven that they're actually, regardless of how poorly they're run, maybe it's only every few years. It took that, you know, it took them a few years to get into the LeBron stuff, but they're going to end up with free agents there because it's LA. New York has not lucked into anything along those lines. So no sympathy here. I've, I'm sorry for Knicks fans. No sympathy for that franchise. The worst yeah. franchise in the NBA, that's, clearly. That's 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 fair, you know. And, and but but I still kind of thought like you know you can't make a move, you can't be in the conversation until you make the move. So the and and they had to make the move, and they were in the conversation, and and, and just things didn't turn out right. And you're right, this is this is what happens when you're you're betting on certain, you're making plans that you know just just sometimes just don't come true. Um, but back to Boston, which is really what we wanted to focus on. Um, they're in a tough spot now because I mean. I mean, doesn't it feel like just like Kyrie's already out the door? Forget one foot out the door. It feels like he's already gone. Yeah, it's – I don't know. If you ask me to pick where he's going, I know the net stuff is strong. Maybe you rule out the Knicks because, you know, KD, even if he went to the Knicks, isn't going to be healthy next year. My guess right now is that he's gone. And, you know, that – my feeling is that they did – I know you said you called a bluff, and I do think there's value to doing that. I actually think they did the right thing in this situation with Anthony Davis. I hold more against them for not going all in on the Kawhi Leonard trade because then you weren't dealing. I'm not, I know that perception is easy to look back upon now that Kawhi won with the Raptors and what happened to the Warriors. My whole thing would have been right now you are dealing with Kyrie Irving's free agency. So you're essentially calling two bluffs by one that you can convince Davis to stay. And that two, if you don't fully believe that Davis guarantees Kyrie's return, that's that second bluff that you're calling with Kawhi. You, you knew Kyrie Irving was going to be there this year, and so you have the entire year to recruit both from the inside. And Kawhi Leonard, objectively at the time, we knew this, he came cheaper than Anthony Davis was going to. And so I hold that against the Celtics more than I do this, because if you don't think that Anthony Davis is going to guarantee uh, Kyrie Irving's return, I'm just not giving up Jason Tatum. So I think they made the right call there. It's the Kawhi stuff from last summer that I still keep coming back to for them. Yeah, I mean, that's... 
when, when that came out, like, you know, they could have had him for Jalen Brown. I was just like, man, what are you doing, Danny? Um, like that's kind of just like a no brainer. Uh, yeah, the, it, it's been funny with Boston. There's been so many false starts with everything that, you know, okay, they're going to get Jimmy Butler. No. Okay. They're, they're asking for Rosier. No, we're not, we're not giving up Jimmy Butler. Okay. We're going to get Paul George. Uh, no, no, we're, we're, <laughs> we're not going to go all in on Paul George. Oh, uh, Kawhi Leonard's on the market. Eh, we're lukewarm interested. Like, are you like, I mean, if, if, if that was your feeling all along, cause you were waiting for AD, then like you, then you have to be willing to put in you have to be willing to go all in on AD and, and because you weren't, it's just kind of like, I go like, wow, you, you guys kind of just sort of, I don't want to say blew it because these young kids are good and they're going to, and they have a chance down the road, depending on how they develop and everything. Um, but man, you missed out on an opportunity to compete for a championship right now. You might down the road, but there's no guarantees what's going to happen down the road, but you could have competed for a championship I'm not even talking next season. You could have competed for a championship this year with right. Kyrie and Kawhi. Um, and, and, and Kyrie, Kawhi, and Tatum. You know, Horford. Like, you know, you, you have a lot of pieces. So um, I, I, I just kind of sometimes we, we give these guys, Danny Ainge, Daryl Morey, amazing amount of credit. And they pull off some great deals. But, man, they pull off a lot of head scratchers also. Yeah, it's and for the Celtics, it's been a lot of it is the moves that they didn't make. Yeah, even if Kyrie leaves, I don't think I won't knock the Celtics for making that dice roll. You had two years with Kyrie Irving, and maybe it's what you didn't do after that that really cost you his services. Um, I think that they will be worse without him. I know there might be something to having fewer mouths to feed will provide more of an established pecking order, but. Uh, this would be my question for you is if he leaves, if we're assuming he leaves, do they have enough shot creation to run a functional offense next year? Uh, Gordon Hayward, I know he looked good, uh, particularly later in the season, but just not the same guy in terms of getting to the rim, drawing free throws that he was in Utah. And maybe you can bank on him recapturing form, but even if he's going to end up being the Hayward from 2016, 2017 in Utah, do they do they have enough shot creation, enough playmaking um, for their offense to be okay? Because I don't think Jalen Brown is is not that guy. Maybe Tatum is in time, but he certainly didn't show it this season. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting. I don't think they do. Even if they bring back Terry Rozier, who basically burned the bridge in his exit meetings, I don't know if there the, the, there's a possibility to bring that back, bring him back or whatnot. But even if you did, like, I don't look at him as a great playmaker. Um, it's it's going to be a very interesting uh, uh, situation for them. I, you know, I'd love for them to find a way to get Mike Connolly. I just don't think they they have the pieces that would really intrigue the the Grizzlies because they're not going to trade the young. If you weren't trading the young kids for AD, you sure as hell ain't going to do it for Connolly. Um, yeah, right. You, like, who do you even? I like. Uh, you just don't yeah. have salary ballast unless you're going to move Hayward. Yeah, and and and, and I mean, really, are the Grizzlies really going to have Hayward and and uh, uh, Parsons on the same same team? Like, come on. And 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 I'm not trying to take shots at Hayward. I think Hayward's going to be fine. I think, you know, my expectation this whole year going in with Hayward was like, man, whatever he gives you as a bonus, it's going to take him a year to figure out who the hell he is again. 
Um, cause that, that's a catastrophic injury the same way it was with, with Paul George. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be tough. I think he's going to be better next year, but again, even if he is, he wasn't a shot creator in Utah and, and, and I don't even think he'll ever really be that guy again. You know, if he can be 80% of that guy, that's really a win. Um, but even then it just, just wasn't a shot creator. I mean, maybe it's, you have to go, you have to sign Ricky Rubio. I don't know how much that's going to cost you. Um, you know, you're, you're going to have to find a playmaker in free agency or somehow pull off some, some magic, some of that, uh, Danny Ainge, you know, magic and, 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 and bring in one. But for the most part right now, I mean, like when Kyrie leaves, this is a team that's going to have a lot of one-on-one guys, but nobody to pass the ball except Al Horford. And for them to have to go then, uh, to find that playmaker, they're not going to have money to do it. Like they're the, the full MLE is in play if Kyrie leaves, but not really, if you're looking at keeping Marcus Morris and or Terry Rozier. And so you're looking at the taxpayers mid-level, which is $5.7 million. I don't know what that gets you on the point guard market, a name I threw out and he should be cheaper than the mini MLEs. I want to make, I'm not endorsing giving him a mini MLE would be Jeremy Lin, just someone who has proven that he can get to the line and the rim. And this season, before he started dealing with back stuff, he, he did that for Atlanta. And just to, just as a cheap option, that's just an alternative that came to my mind. He's not this expert passer, but they just don't right now. They don't have guys. Um, Jalen Brown is probably their best player at getting to the rim. Maybe if we're counting on a fully healthy Gordon Hayward, but Tatum bailed out of more drives than I think I saw him do in his rookie season with them. I, it gets really tough. I wouldn't pay Terry Rozier personally if I were them because I don't think his next contract will be eminently movable depending on what it is. And I don't think he's the answer at starting point guard, even for a season. So they're in, they're in quite the bind there. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm actually fine with them letting Rozier walk. I'm fine with them letting Morris walk. Um, those guys don't move needles for me the way I feel like Boston fans probably really love Morris, like he feels like a kind of a Boston guy. I could just see them going like, yeah, move. <laughs> uh, but like, it's not like something I feel like is, is really, it, it ain't going to make a difference one way or the other. If you have him on the team or you don't, you're going to be the same team. I think that, that they have to go get a guy. I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm on Lynn, Lynn Island with you. Um, you know, once these back problems really start coming, God, it's so hard to start getting rid of them. Um, at the league minimum, you wouldn't just take a flyer. At league minimum, sure. I don't, I, and 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 maybe that's the case, uh, and that's and that's something you can get him, but that's not going to be the guy that's going to really put some respect of, on NBA champion Jeremy Lin's name. Oh, come on, <laughs> man! I don't put respect on anybody's name but my own. Damn. <laughs> that's it. Um, that's not true. I put respect on a lot of people's names before anybody comes at me. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, like. I just kind of, uh, I don't know. Like I it only just when I, while talking to you, when Ricky Rubio's name popped in my head, it's like, Oh, he's available. Like it, it it's gotta be a guy like that. I think, um, I don't know if they can get Rubio with the, the full MLE, but you know, it's the, the other thing too, that we still got to wait for. And it, and it sounds like it's going to happen, but you know, Horford has an opt out, yeah. you know, Horford. I mean, the, the, the stories I've heard and I, I obviously listen, who knows how true any of this is, um, it's, it's, it's never true till the contract sign, but it's, you know, that he is going to opt out and then just sign a longer term deal with the, with the Celtics, which I'm sure probably might give him a little more space. 
But it ain't going to give them a lot. It ain't like they won't be able to go sign somebody. They're not going to get a D'Angelo Russell or anything like that. Um, you know, so I think that's that's kind of the game right now. Um, kind of got to see what happens with their Horford opts out or not. I think it's coming up uh, just before the draft, the opt-out date. And, you know, if you re-sign him and get a good deal, you know, can you go get that guy? But playmaking right now, and not a guy that shoots, which is kind of why Rubio works perfectly for them. Um, you don't need another guy that needs shots. Um, but you need a guy that can lay it out for everybody else. And and Rubio could be a pretty good guy for them. I would think he ends up in uh, – maybe, maybe I'm going too far. I would think he ends up in mini-MLE territory after this season he just had. So I think he would be a legitimate option. The, the Horford stuff is interesting because – I, I always think the assumption was in prop. I think it still is based on the reporting. That is, if he opts out, he's just hashing out a long-term deal worth more over the long term, but a ch- with a cheaper annual average salary with the team. I was always of the mind, and I, I am now more so than ever when you don't really know what's happening with the Celtics. You opt in because next summer's free agency class ain't good. You look at those names. Once you get past Anthony Davis, who is – Better resign with the Lakers. Imagine if he walked. He oh, won't. I'm just, but he's staying with the Lakers. So you're looking at is Draymond Green the second best free agent? It's so you're not gonna. There's gonna be a demand, I think, for a guy like Horford where he could still make that long term money next year. If he does opt out now, though, is it a little bit more enticing to then shop around? Because you don't, especially if you think Kyrie Irving's leaving, and there are going to be other teams who they will of course be jilted by the primary targets, but also, you know, the Kevin Durant injury kind of changes things. I'm not saying the Knicks would be a team that look at Horford, but would the Clippers as a pivot point, if they don't get Kawhi and we know that Kevin Durant's going to go to the Warriors or just isn't playing next season. I actually think his decision is all of a sudden more interesting. Again, I tilt more towards opt in and I think he could make the same amount of money over the long term next summer just looking at how shallow that free agency class is but there's certainly i think a number of different ways you can now take this when looking at what's transpired in boston i mean it's certainly possible i mean it 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 could be a thing where he's like look i want to win a championship he's towards the end of his career and it's time like hey i it's time for me to kind of get that shot so it wouldn't shock me if he opts out and leaves and 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 finds himself a good situation um so it's i mean it's definitely in play and you know, he if if he if he became available, a lot of teams would come calling. I mean, hell, the Lakers might try to make a run at him with with that crew. You know, um, I'm an anti dual big front courts at this point, but if it's Horford and Anthony Davis, I sold. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, sold. I see, like I like it because, I, yeah, I, I mean, Davis does. I mean, I mean, I'm mean, excuse me, Horford does a lot of things well. He moves the ball. He he just does all the damn little things that like. You know, when people get all upset and like, oh, you didn't have a good game. I'm like, no, but you didn't see this. You didn't see when he tapped out that rebound or when he did that play. Or he, he dabbles in everything. It's just he's. I, I get so mad when people still crap on him. It's I mean, he's absurd. the coach's dream. He's the coach's dream. Coaches would love to have this guy on their team. Um, so it's it's going to be an interesting summer for them. Like, I mean, we're going to know quickly. I think a lot of this stuff's going to happen, like kind of like a bang, bang, bang kind of thing. Um, you know, I, I joked with some, somebody on Twitter was like, man, the, the, the Davis trade went down while I was at a wedding and, you know, and I'm like, yo, man, you can't have weddings or any, like, do not expect me to be a normal human being from the second the NBA finals end until free agency ends until like mid July, because a lot of weird stuff's going to happen where I'm going to be like, 
yo, I'm always going to have my laptop with me. I'm always going to have my phone charged and ready to go um, in case these things happen. Um, so you, you, uh, who knows what happens, you know, if, if Horford decides to leave. Yeah, it's, I mean, to that note, my wife uh, planned our wedding. My now wife planned our wedding around NBA offseason. Like we, we slotted it just before training camps open because normally it's just so quiet around that time. So that that's the sweet spot. You have to find that sweet spot in the offseason. Jimmy Butler requested a trade anyway, but whatever. Um, yeah, you got you got screwed. I mean, we <laughs> talked about it before we started recording. I mean, your wife planned around it and still lost. I mean, it's just, you know what I think it is? You got to start looking on Instagram of one of these dudes go on vacation. I really think it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the August and, and, and the early September's are your opportunities for anybody that wants me at their weddings, August, early September. Funny thing is I do have a wedding towards the beginning of training camp this year in, uh, in, in rural Oklahoma, uh, you know, September 27th. And, and listen, I love my friend Scott to death. I love Mary, the, the, the woman that's dumb enough to marry him, uh, <laughs> It, you know, and I'm just telling you right now, if something goes down, I am going to pull out my laptop in the middle of the wedding. I do not care, um, you know, or or have to be on my phone. It's going to happen. I'm going to apologize now, but I also don't really mean it. So um, <laughs> I don't really. But it's not like you super enjoy it. You want to enjoy the wedding. Like it's. Oh, I'm a great <laughs> wedding guest, Dan. I'm phenomenal. I've won wedding MVPs all the time. You know, you get a dance floor going, get some good music. I'm trying to figure out because it's in Oklahoma if I can get a horse and ride in on a horse and play Old Town Road. I mean, I'm a, I'm a great wedding guest. I bring the party. If a dude requests, if Damian Lillard decides to request a trade, ah, oh, crap. Like it's a whole different deal. Yeah, it's um, it's a the NBA news cycle. I thought I was smart too because the the Kyrie Irving trade, our I plan our engagement party was planned right around the same time as our wedding would be the following year because I, I I just assumed my experience was that was the safest bet and then Melo got traded to Oklahoma City like that that day. So it was just there's no great time, but I think you're mostly the the assumption you're making about August is I think that's spot on. We all need a break, man. That's the the August. Up until Labor Day weekend, that's because like once guys have to start sort of reporting and guys start going to their teams, going to their cities, that's when the stuff begins to happen. Yeah, I really <laughs> just thought like you're you're not going to make the major moves at that point. Um, two years later, I am very wrong about that. That had been my experience to that point, but that was turned on its head. Yeah, I mean, you know what, man? I mean, you've had some bad luck two years in a row. Um, yeah, it was, I didn't want to talk. Mellow was the worst one. So I was like, I don't care. Like, it's, like it's mellow at this point. He's like, but a- anyway, the Boston yeah. Celtics, uh, <laughs> the two things I wanted to get, uh, last two things I want to get to with them. They're still number one. They're still kind of ripe to make a big trade. If an opportunity comes along, I'm not going to commend them for, you know, like being at this point still, but when you look at matching salaries can be tough, but if, if it's the right player and I don't, that's not a Mike Conley, it's not a, Chris Paul, but you have Aaron Baines, this $5.5 million expiring deal since he picked up his player option. You still have Marcus Smart at $12.6 million. Those three picks in this year's draft, they're not keeping all of those, 20, 22, and, and number 14. The Memphis pick with top six protection in 2020, unprotected, I think, in 2021. You, yeah. There are pieces there where, you know, if they want, if Bradley Beal becomes available and they want to get in on that, he's someone who, again, theoretically is going to come cheaper than Anthony Davis. and could probably help them. 
I don't know who's the next disgruntled superstar. People are going to talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo, but they can feel free to stop that immediately. Uh, so, But they are still built to make that type of a splash, whether or not Kyrie Irving leaves. I mean, that's kind of the genius in Danny Ainge is like, you know, the contract he negotiated with Marcus Smart was a very tradable contract. Like I saw that and went like, I, I mean, it, I, I was like, oh, that's good for Marcus. But I was like, ooh, Danny's up to something like that was something on his mind of like, you know, my first thought was like, he's not going to finish that contract as a Celtic. Um, Bain's opting in. You know, they still have assets. Like you said, they have I would expect them to move those, you know, at uh, one, if not two of those picks in this year's draft, that that Memphis dr- draft pick is going to be just as valuable as the Miami draft pick. We constantly talk about that. The Clippers have, um, you, you, you know, that's a those are big things right there. Um, you're right. I mean, they definitely could make a run at a guy like a Beal or a disgruntled star. I know you don't want to talk Giannis, you know, possibly, but uh, it would take a lot more to get Giannis than that. But uh, yeah, he was um, not the name. Uh, I was maybe we maybe that's something we talk about next year. I'd be flabbergasted. He just doesn't seem like the type of guy. But again, who knows? Nobody's that type of guy. Tell they're that guy, Dan. Yeah, Anthony Davis wasn't that type of guy. True. You're not that guy until you are. And I'm nervous. Anytime this is this is just stupid stuff. Mo Mo thinks about. I'm sorry, guys. Like I will be better on but other other podcasts down the road with Dan and Andy. Um, but like anytime a player tweets out like, "Man, teaming up with other superstars can't be me," and I'm like, "Man, this is gonna be you in four years." <laughs> like it, it's Give almost it yeah, it's almost guaranteed to, and, and it's just in my head, and it's just my only thoughts. But like Katie did it when LeBron went to Miami, and then he went to Golden State. So I mean, it's just kind of like I just see that stuff. So like when 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 Giannis tweeted the equivalent of that, I was just like, "Oh man!" <laughs> um, so you know, you're you're not that guy till you're that guy. Um, and, and, and I never am mad at guys when they do that. So it, it, it doesn't bother me the way it bothers other fans. But, you know, Boston's going to be interesting, man. I mean, the one thing we can say about Danny is he always looks to make the team better, you know, and always tries. And Kyrie leaving, it might be addition to subtraction, uh, addition by subtraction, excuse me. The first phrase was uttered terribly. Uh, but I just think, like, a happier locker room makes a big difference. Like we're, we're going to see it. I honestly think we're going to see that in Houston. They're going to have a crappy locker room because there's going to be a lot of weird things going on in that locker room. Guys aren't sure if they're going to get traded or whatnot. Mid season coaches are going to be worried about their job. Like that's going to be a bad locker room. And I'll tell you what, it really sounded like the Celtics locker room was terrible all year long. And I think when you remove Kyrie from that, it is going to be a happier locker room. It's going to be an easier team for Brad Stevens to coach. And it's going to put, you know, and and we know they have holes in it, but they might be able to find a way to to fight through it and 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 kind of be a, a work their way through that. I don't think they're a contender next year. I think they have uh, a, a while to go. I think the East is bad enough that they'll still make the playoffs, but um, you know, they're going to be in opportunities, you know, and, and addition by subtraction when Kyrie leaves, Danny always looking to make moves. And I know people are really down on Stevens this year, but this is the kind of team that Stevens would coach much better without Kyrie. I, I think I'm there with you is the locker room is going to be better. I don't think the team is going to be, I don't think it'll be full addition by subtraction, at least for another year. I think they'll feel Irving's loss. Should he end up leaving next season? They might. I mean, it, I mean, he, listen, he had a great year. <laughs> like, he was like, a borderline top ten guy this season. He was he made All NBA. 
Yeah, I mean, he, he he had a great year. There's no argument that stuff, and and they're gonna miss him on the court. I mean, we just talked about it. The playmaking alone was big, and he was a way more willing passer this year than I than I expected him to be, um, especially in like crunch time. I thought he did a great job, kind of getting off the ball and making the right reads in crunch time. Fortunately, they got their asses kicked against Milwaukee, so there wasn't much crunch time. Um, but the they're going to feel that for sure. And there's going to be growing pains because they're, guess what? Also Tatum's going into his third year. Jalen Brown's going into his fourth year, fourth year, right? Yep. Extension eligible Jalen Brown. Yeah. And, 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 and and stuff. So there's going to be like, there's going to be growing pains with it. They're still young. They're still trying to figure this stuff out. So, um, you know, it's not always going to look pretty with this team, but it's going to be a, I, 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 I wouldn't have him as a contender, but I wouldn't have him as a lottery team either. Um, in lieu of a mailbag, uh, since I knew this pod was going to be loaded, I wanted to see if you were willing to play a quick round of stay or go with all the players that are, are going to be free agents for them. I love games. Let's do it. Al Horford, player option, stay or go? Stays. With you. Kyrie Irving, player option, stay or go? Man, he gone. <laughs> he gone, gone. <laughs> uh, agree with you there too. Marcus Morris. I'm going to say he's gone. His free agency is going to be interesting. I go back and forth. I feel like if Irving leaves, unless you're going to get, like you think you can find the answer in a Rubio for the money you can offer, I almost feel like you have to bring him back, though. I think I think he's going to get a lot of interest from a lot of teams that are, that are going to be uh, a, a tier above the Celtics in terms of where they might be in, in terms of their aspirations, whether that's a... Uh, a Lakers, a Clippers, uh, and I'm just spitballing here. None of these guys are linked to anybody, um, you know. But uh, uh, teams that are kind of on the cusp or, or, or coming up that are going to be, we're all going to feel are a bit better uh, than the Celtics. I, I, I think that's kind of wh- why he's gone. I don't know how much of it's a Boston thing, as much as I think the market's going to might open up for him. Yes, I would say the team to watch there is Indiana, and I'm just going to leave it there. Um, and I'm, I'm holding, I am holding out hope for the Kings to get involved in the Marcus Morris sweepstakes for no reason in particular. Um, Aaron Baines is already coming back. Terry Rozier, restricted free agent. That's an interesting one because I mean, listen, we, we talked about it. I mean, he basically took a flamethrower to the press, to, to his exit meeting, um, and, and, and walked away, you know, like that's a, that's a hard one to walk back. So it's... I'm going to say he's gone. I could see a team like Phoenix offering him a big, uh, a big contract to, to lure him away. And Danny going like, man, I don't need that in my life. I, I think he's my, my guess would be he's gone either way, regardless of what happens with Irving. My hesitance there is I don't think the market for him is going to end up being too strong. And a team like Phoenix, if they want to offer him a big deal, actually has to clear cap space for him. And I don't think anyone's clearing cap for Terry Rozier, but I also, again, if Kyrie Irving leaves, though, that that's also another wild card. That's a, it's, it's a, I mean, I could see them bringing him back if Kyrie leaves and them going like, hey, man, don't worry. We made it to the conference championships. Remember that? But I don't think he's that good. So, <laughs> yeah, it's if you get him on a super tradable contract, then of course, because then that's right. more salary cap fodder at midseason. And that's a Danny Ainge specialty, man, that tradable contract. Yeah. And if, A, if it lets you keep Marcus Smart in a blockbuster trade because you have Terry Rozier at like $9 million or something, that's all the better for you. Yeah. Um, Daniel Tice, early bird restricted free agent. Uh, he stays. I think he stays. 
<laughs> Brad Wanamaker, non-bird restricted free agent. Dude, they need him. They need point guards. <laughs> we're we're really scraping the bottle of the barrel here, Dan, aren't we? <laughs> uh, um, I, he stays on like a cheap like. He honestly what? doesn't matter, but I wanted to just throw his name in there because it was. It, it, you just wanted. There's, there's the picture of him. I don't know if you've seen it, just glaring at Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving talking uh, in the middle of the season. If you haven't seen that, you need to. Look, it's just hysterical. Uh, I'll have to look it up. I haven't seen it, but I could just kind of picture it in my head. And let's be honest, you just wanted to say Wanamaker. Yeah, like, that's that, a fun name to that's say. That's a fantastic last name. It's right up there with Ojeli or yeah, uh, Ojeli. Ojale, yes, but it's basketball references phonetic pronunciation is Ojeli, so I always stick to it because that's how I want his last name to sound. I just want him to be able <laughs> the tangents I go on. I just want him like when he when he when he, when a guy reaches for the ball and he he makes a crossover or whatever. I just want him to go Ole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> also, a fantastic first name, by the way, too. That doesn't yes, I mean, I mean, first off, Semi's my favorite character in Coming to America, so. Uh, <laughs> God, a lot of tangents. Sorry, guys. I'm in a weird place. Uh, also, the, uh, Semi's just jacked, too. I could do pull-ups on his biceps. Dude, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a sight. Uh, <laughs> that, that's a visual I'm going to have for a while. Uh, this Wanamaker, assumes that I could do pull-ups. <laughs> I was going to give you the benefit of the doubt there, Dan. Now you just sold yourself out. <laughs> I'm going to say Wanamaker stays on like a super cheap deal. Now, the actual one, this is just, they have three first-round picks. How many of those are still on the roster? Do they do they keep the players that they end up drafting? Uh, I think they're going to trade two of them. I think I'm with you. I wonder if Kyrie, if they don't do anything on draft night. Maybe they move up, but if they don't, if Kyrie Irving leaves and they don't want to keep Terry Rozier, they will have the roster spots. Do so they keep them all in hopes of turning them into a trade package? But I do think they're going to end up trading two of them. Yeah, I just... I just... That's a lot, and it, and it might not even bring them anything other than like future picks down the road. But another day uh, special, yeah. Well, I, I, it's it's something I, I actually kind of believe. Like, if you don't like anybody in the draft, like, man, just even just like just just trade out of it. Um, you know, uh, again, reasons why I'm not a GM, I guess. Uh, but you know, like for me, I would I would want to trade. Like, okay, cool. Like, listen, give me give me a first rounder. We can protect it. You know, for next season. Or, or or whatnot, um, but that would be something I, I I I wouldn't be surprised to see the Celtics do. Mo, thank you for joining me for this mega Anthony Davis Boston Celtics exit interview pod. If you guys are not following Mo on Twitter, remedy that post haste at Mo Dekeel underscore NBA at M O D A K H I L underscore NBA. Welcome him to the Hardwood Knox family. Um, we feel very bad for him that he is now a member of it for however long he wishes. Do we get jackets or do we get like, is there like, you know, is there a, a secret handshake? Like, come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> the way we roll over here is that I'll get you a pocket protector for your pocket protector. <laughs> okay. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Dan Favale, F-A-V-A-L-E. Andy is at Andrew D. Bailey. The show is at Hardwood Knox. Until next time. I leave everybody with the shout out to the one and only and the legendary Kyle Anderson. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. 
relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.